0: Welcome back to Nebraska Hawks Nest. We are joined right now by the man, the myth, the legend, Hawkeye Elvis himself. How are we doing today?
1: Hey, man. I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just hanging out here in the black and gold jungle room and enjoying a nice quiet Saturday.
0: So man, you're still looking great, even in football off season, but not off season for basketball. So we got a, got a mission yet. We got to accomplish this year. So hopefully we can get the W tomorrow and, and keep climbing in the rankings and, hopefully get a top two or three seed in the tournament.
1: We're, uh, we're seated. Number two, I saw by Lenardi right now. So I'm, okay. I'm fine with, I don't know that I'm going to, I don't know. We're going to catch Gonzaga or, uh, or Baylor, but you know what? Two seeds fine with me.
0: Yeah. I, I think Baylor might be unbeatable that team is insanely good and gonzaga is pretty dang tough too but i think what usually happens with gonzaga is they get used to the competition level in conference play being so much lower and then they got to play a big boy and they get kind of slapped in the face and they're not used to that adversity like an iowa team is playing in the big 10 which is such a deep deep conference
1: you know everybody was freaking out uh, a couple weeks ago when we lost you know, we'd lost three or four or four or five or something like that. And uh J had a great point. He said when his brothers team, his brothers Wisconsin team went to the final four, they had a stretch where they lost four or five in the middle of February because the Big Ten Conference is the hardest basketball conference in division one. So, you know, if if that if a couple of losses there uh gets us deeper into March, then then the, it's worth it.
0: Um, while you brought that topic up, what are your thoughts on in uh, this season? doesn't seem like he's having offensively as great of a season as he typically does. Um, not shooting quite as well from outside. Do you feel like teams are really, you know, hammering down on him and focusing more on him? Or is he just not shooting great right now?
1: Well, we haven't needed him to. Um, the nice thing about this team is the way camp uh, has really come on free point shooting. Um, and even with, with Frederick being on the floor, and then Frederick's a threat anytime he's there, yeah. uh, the, the bad part about Jabo being around for as long as he has is he just, he doesn't get open looks the way he used to. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know, he's not shot hunting. Uh, he's letting shots come to him. But, you know, if, if he'd be the first one to tell you that if he doesn't score a single point in a game and we win, who cares? Yeah. Um, you know, we've got other guys can score. I mean, look at... Look at what happened to Michigan State. We had Connor go off for 16 when Luke, you know, didn't need Luca to score 30 that night. Everybody else stepped up, and that's one of the great things about this team is, um, it 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 doesn't have to be the same guy every night. You you're always going to get Luca night in night out. Some nights it's going to be Weez Camp. Some nights it'll be Connor. Some nights Jaybo will hit six threes, and it'll go from there. So it's whatever the team needs. So no, I think he's fine.
0: All right. All right, good to know. I like the I like the expert insight from Hawkeye Elvis. I <laughs> needed to see what what your thoughts were and and you know, you get some some pretty amazing seats sometimes. So, um you're you're able to get a great perspective and and you're going to be able to make it up to the game this Sunday then, is that correct?
1: That is. I will uh I'm fortunate enough to uh uh to be connected family-wise to Iowa basketball and and have some good friends and family there, so that I actually do get to be in the building on on Sunday and uh, see Lucas score those 14 points and take over the scoring record.
0: That's going to be awesome. Great moment for us. And I look forward to seeing you on the sidelines. I'm going to, uh, are you going to be in full gear for the game?
1: No, I'm saving that for the, uh, for the big 10. Now that fans are going to get into the big 10 and NCAA tournaments, I've said I'm not going full jumpsuit until everybody can come back, at least have some fans in the building. So uh, okay. no jumpsuit appearances until we get other fans back in, but I'm looking forward to March.
0: And um so I was I was looking and I see that you are actually related to Coach McCaffrey's wife. Um what's her thoughts been on the rise of Hawkeye Elvis and how popular you become? You know,
1: it's it's I I didn't set out to I didn't set out for any of this to happen this way. Um I went to I've had season football tickets for 16 years, and I went to the, uh, the 09 game against Indiana, the Tyler Sash pinball interception game, if you
0: will. Okay, okay.
1: And that game was on Halloween, and everybody in the stands had these awesome Iowa and Hawkeye themed costumes. And so I went back to my mom's house. I said, "Mom, I need you to make me an Elvis jumpsuit, but make it make it Iowa themed." And so a year later, mom and I went to uh, went to the game on October 30th. That was the Tyler Sash lateral to Micah Hyde game.
0: Okay, um, and Michigan State. Time-
1: yeah. And I, and I busted out the wig and the sunglasses and the jumpsuit and everybody loved it. Um, and I'd actually gone over to Carver that morning to see Fran and Margaret. Margaret's my, my cousin and Fran cracked up when he, uh, when he saw the whole getup. So I wore it to one football game and then I'd wear it to one basketball game. Then I'd wear it to one or two football games and one or two basketball games. And then when I wouldn't wear it, people would be like, Hey, where's Elvis? We need him. So, uh, yeah. more times than not, uh, I'm dressed up for the game, but but both Margaret and Fran have been have been great about it. And actually the university's been fantastic with um, you know, how they've supported and and sort of um you know let some crazy guy dress up as Elvis with Tiger Hawks on it. I've had a lot of fun with it and I've been able to to make a lot of friends from it too.
0: No, it's it's fantastic. I think everybody loves it. And then if anybody <laughs> has a problem with it, they're insane, so you could stay home. Because you know, I, I, guess- I think
1: it's just, uh, you know, it's fun for me, and it's, it's fun. You know, when it, when it stops being fun for the people that uh, I go to the games with, that's when, I'll, that's when I'll stop. But people still get a kick out of it, and I still enjoy it, so I'm going to keep doing it.
0: Oh, heck, yeah. There's been some games where I've noticed that um, I see it out there, whether it be football. Um, usually, obviously, it's football. And the weather's a little bit warmer outside. Does it get pretty hot in that suit? And I would, I would assume it would emit an odor after a while. That has to be kind of uncomfortable.
1: Um, you know, for the, for the cold games, this is uh, you know, the jumpsuits are like a pair of Carhartts and, uh, okay. this wig is the best stocking hat money can buy. Um, the Outback Bowl where we beat, uh, Mississippi State was the hottest I think I've ever been. Uh, and, uh, that was a rough one, but, uh, uh fortunately my mom, I've got like a steam cleaner so I can steam clean, uh, the jumpsuits, uh, after, after right. warm days like that. So, but, uh, yeah, I've had some hot days in that thing.
0: Okay. Um, I was going to ask you to, um, in my opinion, the one moment where you really kind of broke out and everybody started to know who you were was the Iowa North Carolina basketball game back in 2014. You were on the sidelines. You were in a ton of camera shots. And I'm telling you, man, your money on the camera, straight money. Uh, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Tell me about. How your life changed after that moment, um, being on so often during that game. And then also, what was the atmosphere like in the Dean Dome, uh, being able to pull out that victory and you being such a center of attention in the crowd?
1: Uh, it's funny because um, I, my friends call me the Forest Gump of Iowa athletics because I just I happened to be there. Um, in the background when all these big moments happen. That was really interesting because I've got three friends who are all lawyers uh, in Atlanta, and two of them went to Iowa, one went to North Carolina. And when we all found out Iowa was going to be playing, they were like, oh, we have to go to the game. So us three Iowa guys uh, got together, and then our friend Summy from North Carolina, um, he was a great host. We stayed at the Carolina Inn on campus, and we splurged, and we we managed to get seats right behind the basket in the front row, which is crazy. So I'm in my full getup, and the people in Chapel Hill didn't know what to exactly think of me. Um, and so we walk into the game Dome, I start marching right down to the floor, and the guy's like, What are you doing? I'm like, trust me. And when you're dressed like Elvis, you can kind of go wherever you want. (laughs) So I just marched right down to the floor, walk up to Fran, saw him, give him a hug, talk for a minute, and then we have both seats for the game. And the funny thing about that play was the game's tied, gazelle drives down the lane, gets fouled, he lands at my feet, but I'm not watching him, I'm watching the ball. Because it's rolling around and then went in. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And by that time, Woody had picked him up and they're all screaming and stuff. I didn't know about the picture. until we're walking back. Uh, we're walking back to go out that night. And my friend Ryan goes, oh, Greg, you got to see this. I'm like, what? And he showed me that picture. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Uh, and then it was on the front page of the register and every other newspaper in the state of Iowa the next morning. And, and it kind of took off from there. And uh, like I said, I've been fortunate. I've been really fortunate and blessed to sort of be in the right place at the right time a lot of times.
0: No, that was that, that was a very cool moment. And uh did those North Carolina fans, were they really on top of you? Did they give you a hard time? Because in, in the ACC, you know, basketball was king for a long time. That's kind of shifted to the Big Ten, you know, the last three to five years. But, you know, the ACC, that's they're pretty passionate. That's basketball country out there.
1: The fun thing about that game was it was more like a bowl game for football where you don't have a lot of history with the other team. You don't play them a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, And for the most part, it was pretty good natured You know, walking there and then after the game, too, it was a lot of fun. The guys who were sitting behind us were giving us kind of a hard time, but they shut up real quick after we won the game and they left even faster.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that tends to shut them up once uh, once we pull out the victory. Uh, So talking with a lot of people over the years, you know, (laughs) fan bases, college fan bases have – some what they call celeb- celebrity fans, fans that um, really stand out. Ohio State has uh, Big Nut, and you know we have Hawkeye Elvis, which I think is pretty cool. How does it feel to be considered uh, a kind of an Iowa Hawkeye fan celebrity? I,
1: I, again, I it's funny because I never set out. This was not my goal. I was I didn't set out to uh, have it become all this, and the fact that it has um it's been wonderful and and i've really i've been able to make some fantastic friendships from doing this uh and in a couple of cases you know actually do some good with this i had one guy reach out to me and go hey does hawkeye elvis do appearances and i said i don't know what do, what do you have in mind and uh, a guy in adair iowa doing a car show he said hey you know we we'd like to have hawkeye elvis show up i said okay i'll come down he goes well what do you charge i go nothing he said oh we gotta charge something i said tell you what let's do a fundraiser and any money we make, we'll give it to the children's hospital. And we did, and it was ended, it was actually pretty successful. So I went back the second year and we did the same thing again. So, uh, you know, that was just something that happened organically and, uh, and we were able to, we were able to have a lot of fun and, uh, have some good come out of it. So, uh, you know, I enjoy, I'm not going to lie. I enjoy, uh, you know, all the perks that sort of come along with, uh, uh, with the jumpsuit and the sunglasses, but at the same time, I'm I'm mindful that you know I'm you know unofficially representing the state of Iowa and the Hawkeyes, and I want to make sure I do that with pride.
0: Yeah, well, we're uh, <laughs> we're definitely very proud to have you as our unofficial mascot. Definitely like a close second from Herky. Herky's always going to be number one, no matter what. But oh yeah you're right there. I I really would like to see, you know, in football games, them get you down on the sideline once in a while. And, you know, you do a little bit of, you know, some interactive stuff with Herky. I know a lot of fans have been like, you know, we need to see Hawkeye Elvis out here on the field for <laughs> something like, so I'm hoping, you know, at some point the university would maybe reach out to you and, and get you out on the field. Do you think there's a possibility of something like that happening?
1: We did that a few years ago, uh 2015, Um, Way back in January, I had a a friend of mine go, hey, if we did a Hawkeye-themed or Elvis-themed halftime show, would you be interested? And I said, yes. So uh, I actually was fortunate to do the halftime show in 2015 uh, against Illinois. Uh, We had a whole dance. I had to come down and practice with uh, the women on the dance team uh, because we had this whole choreographed thing. Uh, and they played Elvis music, and I did this whole dancer team with Herky and the dance team. It was fantastic and and so much fun. And uh, I, I'm game for that anytime uh, they want to do it again.
0: I'm gonna have to look that up. That sounds pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. Hopefully, they'll do something like that again because that that sounds awesome. <laughs> we need to we need more we all need more Hawkeye Elvis in our lives <laughs> for sure. Um, I was gonna ask you um, with all the different fan bases that you've interacted with. Who is the absolute worst, most toxic <laughs> fan base that has just let you have it and maybe one that's like maybe the most friendly, the opposite end of the spectrum?
1: You know, I don't, I very rarely uh, dress up on the road. Um, you know, bowl games I'm always going to do. Bowl games are fun because it's it's an exhibition game. There's sort of a good naturedness uh, between mm-hmm. the fan base, and so that's always been the case. Uh, I, I'll always dress up for football games up here. I live in Minnesota, uh, and it's, I've worn it uh, to several uh, Minnesota football games, and they're very good-natured about it. Uh, the only <laughs> the only time I wore it to Ames was a couple of years ago, uh, that that lightning-delayed game.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: and, uh, you know, I'm down there for game day. I'm walking around, and my friends and I are walking by, and, and uh, we had one, one kid who'd been on the radio Hey Hawkeye Elvis, I go yeah. He goes f you. I'm like okay, thank you. <laughs> but uh, you know it, it's it. You know I get it. They're passionate about it, but I don't know that I've ever had you know just any nastiness or anything like that. I mean even that even a kid yelling f you at you while I'm walking by. Well yeah I'm going to get that. I'm 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 a Hawkeye in the middle of Ames. I, I understand. Yeah. So, but no, you know for the most part it's it's good fun and everybody treats it like that.
0: Tell us a little bit about uh, when you were younger, how did you become a Hawkeye fan? I think I feel like most big time passionate Hawkeye fans have a little bit of a story where the black and gold put their hooks in them and, you know, they get a hold of your heartstrings and they never let go. You could have very easily become a Cyclone fan, um, which would have been awful, but you know, <laughs> n- nobody wants that. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how you got your passion for the black and gold.
1: I'm, uh, I'm, my hometown's Ogden. I'm 20 miles from Ames and I had a lot of my friends were cyclone fans growing up, but I grew up in that era, you know, but when I really started paying attention to sports, you had Hayden Fry come in and take over the Iowa football team and create the Tiger Hawk. You had Lute Olson taking Iowa to the final four with Ronnie Lester. And, you know, when you're from Iowa and you don't have a pro sports team, you latch onto the big colleges. And at that time, you had Iowa athletics, you know, really, big nationally uh, maybe not so much quite football for a year or two but certainly with basketball loot and just you know all that black and gold and the tiger hawk i i was drawn to it like a lot of people were and i just i became a fan of iowa at that point and uh um it's it's something that once you sort of start you don't let go of it and uh, i've been fortunate i've been able to be a fan and uh, enjoy a lot of uh a lot of these kids success along the way
0: Yeah, well, the cool part about it is, and I know you probably don't think of this, but a big part of your success has been due to your good-naturedness and how cool you are with the fans. I think everyone I talk to has a Hawkeye Elvis story where they've come to you, asked for an autograph, asked for a picture, and you're more than willing to take time for every single fan that comes up and, and wants to say hi and talk to you, so you know, it's not only what you're doing is freaking awesome with the Hawkeye Elvis stuff. It's so cool. But, you know, just how how gracious of a person that you are, it has really helped grow that as well. Because if you were a prick to everybody, they'd be like, oh, there's that Hawkeye Elvis guy. What a jerk he is. You know, like, don't talk to him. He's a, he's like the old, the old Elvis that was going down the hill, not the young fun (laughs) Elvis.
1: Well, you know, I I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. And, uh, you know, if I've had people like, "Is it okay if I take your picture?" And I said, "Absolutely." I mean, I, I'm not going to wear this out in public and not expect people to not want to get a picture. You know, not necessarily with me or just take a picture of me. So, if if you're going to do this and do it in public, you better be ready for everything that comes with
0: it. Oh yeah, I got to tell you, and I'm not, I'm not give, I'm not messing around with you. I'm a, I was a little starstruck when you first popped on. I'm like, "Oh damn, it's hot, guy Elvis." Oh, wow. You know, so, I'm not kidding. I, I legit was. So uh, it's it's definitely got that wow factor.
1: So I appreciate this. So funny story. So, um, you know, because Margaret's my cousin, I've known Fran and Margaret forever. I mean, when they were coaching at UNC Greensboro, uh, um, they played up here in Minnesota, and a bunch of us got UNC Greensboro shirts and went to the game when he was coaching at Siena. Uh, okay. And we'd see Fran and Margaret... Uh, in the summer, there's a great picture when uh, my wife was pregnant with uh, my son. Margaret was pregnant with Marit, her daughter, at the same time. We got pictures of all that at my dad's house. And after Fran got the Iowa job, uh, the first time I saw them, um, Margaret's younger sister was getting married, and so we went to the wedding. I was nervous about seeing Fran. And my family was like, what, what is wrong with you? What You've met him. You've known him. You've been around him. I'm like, yeah, but he wasn't the coach of the Hawkeyes, and now he is. So <laughs> I was uh. I was nervous to be around Fran again, even though I'd been around the man a lot, uh, just because now he was the head coach of the Hawkeyes.
0: That must have been a pretty cool moment in your household when, you know, if, I can't even imagine what it would be like to have a close relative like that, all of a sudden become the head coach of one of the biggest programs at your, at your favorite university, one of your favorite teams. How did how did that feel? Obviously, like you said, there was some nerves involved, but you had to be pretty jacked for that.
1: I was driving. Home. I was down in Iowa for that weekend. I'm driving home, and my stepmom calls me while I'm driving, and she goes, "Pull over." I'm like, "What?" She goes, "No, I need you to pull over." I'm like, "Oh my God, someone died." And she goes, "Fran got the job at Iowa." I'm like, "Ah!" Oh. I
0: was
1: just so excited because you know, to to be a fan of a program that I've watched since I was a kid, and then now to to be Uh, fortunate enough to have some of the just behind the curtain access to the program uh, through Family Connections Uh, has been wonderful and I've really enjoyed it and I'm so appreciative of of that and everything that Fran and Margaret uh, have done for the team and the program. Uh,
0: it was a great moment for everybody when Fran got the job because Iowa <laughs> basketball was on life support. Um, I think that might have been during the Licklider era, the only two, he was there for three years. So I had high hopes the first year going, and in, even into the second year. And then there for about a year and a half, I didn't watch Iowa basketball because it was so unwatchable. What Say that again?
1: And said it was rough during that stretch, especially, you know, because um I had lived, I lived in Denver in 98 and 99. And at the time, I was, uh, a friend of mine was the SID at uh, Denver University. Okay. And they were the host school for the NCAA tournament in 99. And I had been the official scorer for uh DU men's basketball that season. Okay. So I was one of the extra scorers that were on hand uh, for the first and second round games at McCullough Arena that year. And that was, you know, that was uh, Jeff Settle's sixth year. Uh, okay. and we beat Arkansas to go to the sweet 16. And so I, I got to sit courtside for that game and watch that and just soak all that in. And the, the fun part was afterwards. There, uh, there are two bars called the sports column. One's in Iowa city. The other one's in downtown Denver and all the Iowa fans went to the sports column in downtown Denver after the game. It was just a blast.
0: No, that that's awesome. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about, um, with you being uh, close to coach McCaffrey, um, you know and obviously being uh, related to his wife uh when the francon meter starts rising and climbing up and he starts getting real fiery I, he's in his defense he's been so much more calm i feel like this year a lot more dialed back than usual do you hear anything from through the family about fran getting upset i got to admit i love it when he gets fired up like that cuz it gets me jacked up
1: you know he is it's funny and and all of his players have said this his kids have said this He's a really calm guy, yeah. you know. When he's not coaching a game, um, you know, it's fun to. I've had the opportunity to sit really close behind the bench for a few games, um, and you know, it's you know, if you want to get if you want to get calls like Izzo's got for 20 years, you got to work the refs, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I don't think Franz ever. I think there's maybe been a couple times where he wasn't trying to get a technical. Uh, because you know coaches will do that they'll try to get a technical sometimes um uh, because it shows his kids that they have his back you know that that he has their back yeah uh, and every player will tell you that too is is that um coach McCaffrey has his players back at all times um so it it's been fun to sit behind the bench a couple times and listen to him work the refs uh and then listen to him coach his guys uh too um one game at Minnesota uh, i was sitting down behind the bench pretty close peter jock had been really late on his Defensive uh, rotations, right. and Fran let him know about it when he came out of the game. He's like, "Where were you?" Um, and then another time, when Isaiah Moss uh, had come off the floor, he turns to Moss and goes, "Listen, that wasn't your fault. You did exactly what you were supposed to do." So, you know, uh, you know, his players uh, love him, uh, and that's enough. You know, if if the kids that he coaches love him and will stick with him, then you know, he's doing something right.
0: Yeah, that that fire that he has is contagious, and I absolutely love it. I know most Iowa fans love it too because it it gets us all jacked up and we get fired up. And I I if I'm at the game, I start screaming and yelling. My heart rate mm-hmm. picks up, and and if I'm at home, I'm yelling too. I'm like, "Get him, Brad! Come on, baby!" Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's infectious. It's pretty cool. But um, you
1: see, but you see sometimes real quick too, you yeah. see that work. Um, you see him go after a ref for blowing a call. How how often do you see the makeup call a minute or two later? Yeah, so it it works.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it's it's great coaching. He's been in the game for a long time, and I'm sure learned a lot. And he's been successful pretty much everywhere he's been. So, um, you know, the guy clearly knows what he's doing. So, mm-hmm. uh, we wanted to ask you real quick too about uh, you know with your persona. I'm sure you know it's really given you the opportunities to, to have some relationships with people that you pro- maybe wouldn't. Have had a chance to um, one of those being Frank garza, um, anyone that 's had an opportunity to interact with him, he is a a one of a kind genuine genuine dude. Um, I told him we 're officially adopting him as a um, Iowa resident he 's one of us now because you know, that 's one of those guys you know you meet people every once in a while in life, not too often that you 're like i 'm pretty lucky to know that person that is a a really great individual. Frank, in my opinion, is one of those guys. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with Frank Garza.
1: Well, I love the man and he's he's fantastic. And if you think about what he did, he uh, he gave his son to a state that Luke had never been to Iowa before. I mean, he's an East Coast kid without any ties to Iowa. And you take one of your most precious things, your kids, and you give them to someone else for four years. And that, uh, you know, that's a big step right there. And I think that says a lot about, a lot about Fran and uh, the trust that the player's parents have in him. Um, uh, it's fun because uh, again, I've had the opportunity to, uh, uh, to sit with the parents a lot of times and and the parents are great. And I've, I've been fortunate to develop some friendships with a lot of them, including Frank. And I've, I've known Frank for a couple of years and, uh, uh, boy, the more, the more he and I get to talk and interact, uh, just the more we, uh, the more we click and, and he's fantastic and I'm I'm looking forward to uh uh to you know hanging out with him and and following Luca into the NBA and uh it's been a great ride and just you know, I can't say enough good things about the guy. You want to talk about a guy who's gracious and good natured, that's Frank Garza to a T because yeah. uh, you know, he has fans come up well, you know, last year and year before, you know, he's coming up and people are wanting a picture with him and he's just you know, the the things that he's done to prep Luca and, uh, you know, give him all the skills and tools he's needed uh, to get where he is. I mean, Frank's put in all those hours in the gym right there along with him.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Good people attract good people. So that's probably how that, you know, a lot of how that friendship goes. Good people like to be surrounded with other good quality people. So that's, that's pretty cool to see a friendship like that blossom. And, and I'm sure he values that friendship just as much as you. funny. Um, uh, last, last
1: year. Yeah. <laughs> so last year after one of the games, Frank and I hadn't like really been out together much. We, we talked quite a bit, but then uh, it was after I think the, the Nebraska game or the Maryland game last year. I was in, I was sitting for the night and then Frank and I went out together and people would like see us and go, wait, they know each other. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they kind of lose their mind a little bit. It was a lot of fun. It's
0: like worlds collide. Like the first time you see, you know, you guys, you guys are Hawkeye celebrities. So, and I told him that too. And, uh it's like you go out and you see like two, you know, people, someone in LA or Hollywood, you go out to dinner and you see two celebrities that you never knew were friends she sitting say, next yeah. to each other. It's like, holy crap, those guys are friends. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. That makes for a lot of good stories. I'm sure it they does, were telling their friends. I went out to the bar and saw Hawkeye Elvis and Luca Garza's dad. How cool was that?
1: There've been, there been a few times where I've gone out in full- uh, I don't do it very often, but after like a big win or something, it's fun because I've got uh, I've got a nephew and niece who both go to Iowa too, and so uh, it's a lot of fun to go out with them uh, on the town after a win. Uh, and you know, all these college kids are out, and here's my my 50 year old ass dressed up as Elvis, walking around in wig and sunglasses <laughs> in a back and people are like, don't know what to make of it or uh, or just enjoy it. I
0: look pretty damn good for 50, though, man. <laughs> Thank you. Keep Appreciate. it keep it up. Hey, we <laughs> wanted to officially officially invite you this year at the Iowa-Nebraska football game in Lincoln. We're going to have a Nebraska Hawks Nest tailgate, and we want to send out an official invitation for Hawkeye Elvis to come by and have a few beers with us, maybe play some bags and and hang out and and say hi to all the the big Hawkeye fans from Western Iowa and Nebraska.
1: I would love to do that. I'll uh, I'll check my travel schedule, uh excuse my uh schedule rather and uh and see what I can do to get on there. I will tell you i've been to uh games at Nebraska twice, and you know for as much as much sniping as our fan bases do at each other online and stuff, the people of nebraska have been great i've I've really enjoyed it and they've been uh gracious you know welcome to Nebraska. have a good time today good luck all that stuff so yeah um it, it's it's nice to see that you know people. People aren't really, a, you know, all, all that online nastiness kind of, you know, gets a reputation, but it's not really like that in real life.
0: The majority, because I've lived in Nebraska for, geez, probably 16, 17 years now, and um, the majority of Nebraska fans are pretty cool. They're yeah. They have a good-natured, you know, good-natured fun about all of it. You got your few bad ones, but so do we. We have our few yeah. bad ones, too, so... It's just how it is. And if I didn't get teased and get a little crap, it wouldn't be fun for me. Right. I, I, I thrive off that stuff. So, um, I, uh, it was really cool. Nathan budget, we did an interview with him. He told me he ran into a, me at a gas station about 10 miles from here and I walked in wearing Hawkeye gear and I didn't even recognize the guy. He was working out on the farm covered in dirt and grease and he looked at me. He looked at me. He said, go Hawks. And I, and I, he said, I turned around and I said, hell yeah, go Hawks. And I just walked out the door <laughs> and I'm like, Nate, man, why didn't you say who you were? He's such a hu- he's such a humble guy. Oh yeah, he, he's not. He doesn't think anything of it. Like, you know, and guys like him and Drew Watt, they're just such good dudes. Like yep. that, they don't think of themselves as any better than anybody else. They're just another guy, and uh, you know, another Hawkeye fan now at this point. So that uh, that was that was pretty cool. I'm like, man, Nate, you need to call me out on that. I didn't even recognize <laughs> yeah. who you were at the gas station And this town that I ran in. They have it's like a town of like. 800 people super right. small so it's not like I ran into him at like a big gas station in like Omaha or you know Des Moines or something so
1: you know and I think that real quick that speaks to I mean that speaks to the type of guys that come to Iowa and and play there I'll I'll go to iClub events uh, a few years ago the, you know, they've got a Twin Cities iClub up here my mom came up and we go and uh, Chad Greenway was still playing with the Vikings Okay. And, you know, Chad Greenway is a star. I mean, at yeah. that point, he was Pro Bowl. All and and we're in this little bar in downtown Minneapolis, and Chad comes in, and everybody knows who he is. And you want to talk about a down-to-earth guy, um, you know, who grew up on a farm playing Eight Man in South Dakota, to this NFL star, and everybody in the city knows him. And he just could not have been a more Gracious and down to earth guy, and just oh hey, you know they're they're normal guys. They're yeah, they're they're just normal guys who happen to be really good at playing sports.
0: Yeah, we're pretty lucky to be fans of such a a great program with such quality people attached to it through the coaching staff, administration, and uh, as, the players as well. So I could, that's why I always tell people like I know we you know Iowa is our NFL team, but you know you try to, if you're an NFL fan, you try talking to one of these NFL players. Or the, you know, the administration for an NFL team or coaching staff, they're probably not going to give you the time of day. And being a Hawkeye fan, it's pretty awesome that, you know, I'll go down to the locker room after the game and, you know, Brian Ference is always one of the coolest guys. He sits and takes time to talk to us. Kirk will stop and say hi for a second. You know, all the coaches and players will, will give you, they'll give you the time of day and they genuinely appreciate you being there and supporting them. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right, Hawkeye Elvis, do you got any like last minute like moves you want to you know do for us? like you, you got so many in the arsenal, so <laughs> many cool <laughs> things I've seen you do. Can you can send us off with like a little Hawkeye Elvis move?
1: I'm, <laughs> That's saving, all it. I'm saving all the good ones for March, baby, because when I get to Indianapolis, man I'm busting out the jumpsuit, and we're going to get that final four. You know what I mean?
0: I love it. I love <laughs> it. Well, I hope to see you at the final four. That would be fantastic.: oh, Hawkeye man, Elvis that,
1: We're going all the way, baby.
0: Let's do it. I'm on board. Let's get it done. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us. And uh, have a great rest of the weekend. Go Hawks.
1: Go Hawks.